0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Suave Talk presented by Dyer's Top Rods. And Turbo, we are back, baby. Car racing was in full force this past weekend, and you raced three times. Man, it had to feel good to be back, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I was happy to get back to racing. Probably wouldn't have been my first three picks of racetracks to go to, but I was happy to get back and, you know, uh, just really just kind of get back in the swing of things. Um, I'm glad it wasn't Lucas races or, you know, really. Uh, I'm glad they were just unsanctioned kind of. Um, I don't know how you describe it. Just it was weird because there's no fans. There's no sanctions. Really. I mean, I guess there was sanctions. It was Clash and break Cook, but. It really didn't feel like that. It just kind of felt like we were all testing and then they were like, okay, we're going to race. I mean, there wasn't a lot of structure. They weren't really like, hey, time to hot lap. Hey, we're doing this. Um, It was just really weird, but it was, uh, you know, it was fun. And once you get back in the seat and um, really after you, you know, you hot lap things or you couldn't tell if you're at the World 100 or a local race. So I was happy to get back in the seat and make some laps and uh, get the rush shaken off for Pevely, Wheatland, Pevely this week.
0: Yeah, how special was Thursday night at Tri County? Literally, we were the first sporting event back in the United States. You were basically part of history.
1: Yeah, I hope when they write the book that day, they were, you know, they put the twenty-five people that stuck their neck out, drove four and a half hours next to a mountain, next to a river, to go race that <laughs> race. That's a. If you've never been there, it's a very scenic drive getting there. You drive through a mountain for it feels like five days, but it's a. I mean, it's a craziest racetrack. Um, location I'd say you're you're literally in the middle of nowhere for two and a half three hours so it's uh it was a cool place uh you know thanks Ray for sticking your neck out and having that race I was excited to be there It was my first time there it's a cool little racetrack they said that wasn't quite how it normally is but I mean it still uh it had some you know a little bit of character and you could race on it so there's no complaints there and uh I think that kinda of got the ball rolling because there's so many races, you know, that people are trying to schedule now just because um someone finally uh, stepped up to the plate and got something going.
0: You're a social guy. You love interacting with the fans. I have seen you at Charlotte, I see you at Eldora, talking to the younger generation. How different and how weird was it racing in front of in front of no fans?
1: Um, it was just man, it's hard it's just like uh I mean, you know everyone's watching on pay per view, so in the back of your mind, you still are like, hey, people are paying attention to what I'm doing. You know, I can't be an idiot here. But it's just like you, you're you on the front straightaway and they were doing the, they were asking, you know, who was going to take the back row challenge or whatever. And they're talking on the microphone and it's dead silent. Like you can hear everything. <laughs> and it's just weird because normally it'd be like, I think they did the start your engines and like we just queued it off the race TV or something. And I don't know if people were actually sitting at home, like start your engine, three, two, one or what. But it was just so weird because it's like, there's no one here like who are you talking to it's just strange you know to do the as they're announcing things um you know at the rate they were they were actually announcing some of the things over the PA and I don't know if y'all could hear it on pay-per-view or how it really worked but it was just so weird because there's I mean it was dead silent if if all the cars were off I mean you could literally hear yourself you know it was you could hear crickets and and a mouse so it was just it was a lot different um as far as you know, the noise, I guess, all the background noise that you always hear and the constant movement and shuffling and stuff. But it didn't like affect uh, your
0: focus though. I remember texting your eye, like you were all business. Once the racing starts, I feel like that's how it is anyway.
1: Yeah, it didn't affect us and how we went about our business and things like that. I mean, it we're just as serious as we would always be. It was just a, it was just a lot different atmosphere because the the Ray Cook race truly, there was like less than a hundred people there. And then we went to Lancaster and Cherokee and, you know, they, they had all these rules and regulations and then there was four bangers rolling in with six people in the back of a truck bed. And it was like, holy shit, man, we're going to get this thing canceled. We just drove all this (laughs) way. So like, obviously the Carolinas, I mean, I think anyone that's been to Cherokee and stuff, they know that they're just a different cut. And, uh, it was kind of the same thing. Like there was all these rules and regulations set in place and I'm pretty sure people were walking through the fields. You know, there was a lot of people there that definitely weren't racing and it was kind of like, what's going on? I mean, are we, are we breaking the rules here or? Uh, so it was a uh, Cherokee Lancaster had more of a normal feel because the pit area there is, you know, kind of so close. And I know technically we're supposed to be however many feet apart, but I felt like we were a little bit closer than uh, what the CDC would have liked. But it was it was OK. I don't think anyone caught Corona this past week. So that's the good news. And hopefully, uh, you know, we just keep uh, keep on trucking now.
0: We only drink Coronas yesterday with Cinco de Mayo. But I got to ask. One good thing, I guess, is I'm not asking, but one good thing with no fans, there was no one giving you the bird or booing that you could see Turbo. It was just them in front of the computer or watching it on yeah. TV.
1: So that's a that's a little positive note for you. Yeah, I didn't get cussed out. I didn't, I actually <laughs> did fill a few shirts. I had one guy at Cherokee. I qualified 26th out of 24. Just, I suck at those places early. I don't know why. And in the heat race, I gave some dude the chicken wing for 14th. And he was like, he got out after the race. he was parked like two trailers down and he'd come over and like I was still in my car trying to get out just thinking about why I saw you know like not really in the mood to fight not really in the mood to talk to anybody just like kind of keeping myself and he said hit me in the door and I'll hit you in the mouth and he was like holding his fist like looking at it and I didn't say shit like I didn't honestly part of me yeah I'm just I think of so many good things but I'm like fuck I can't do that I I Part of me wanted to say, man, I'd love to just fucking fight this guy right now and get thrown out of here and not have to run the rest of the night because I hate this place so much. But then, you know, you can't tell somebody that. And you don't, I don't want to be the one that feels, I don't want to get in a fight on a non, nobody there pay per view rate. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy. So it's just, it was, uh, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, that was my only, that was the most exciting thing that happened to me this weekend as far as interactions with anyone. So I thought that was pretty funny. And, and uh, the flip side of that whole deal is he, the guy who was mad at me his my new tire guy, Clint. That Clint used to work for that guy or help him and go to the racetrack with him. So, like, on the drive home, Clint was real quiet. And I was like, dude, you're, <laughs> you didn't have to fucking fight for me. Like, I would have probably hammered that." I said, two things would have happened. He'd whooped my ass or I'd whooped his. I said, there wasn't no reason for you to get mad about it. He's like, I wasn't. I, was, I just, you know, it was kind of a bad spot. I said, dude, fuck, it's okay. Like, we're running eighth at Cherokee in a heat race. There was like, seven cars in the heat. Like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: But, was Did everybody... I'm,
0: Did you guys feel like anxious or how was the vibe or I guess throughout the whole weekend or were people kind of like amped up and if any little thing happened, they were going to get fired up anyway?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, honestly, the Casey Roberts, Brandon Overton deal, like Casey missed the rubber, Brandon got beside him and then it looked like Casey was going to go in there and kind of crash him and he centered up the skitter tower. I think people were a little bit pumped up and they wanted to win, but for me, it felt like. I felt like I hadn't raced in nine months. Like that was probably the longest stretch of me not racing I've had in the last like four years. So I was like, I was trying to figure out how to drive a race car again, I guess. Cause like by the end of the night at all these places, i would never really, I don't have been to Cherokee. So like early it took me until the feature I felt like to get comfortable. And then, you know, I was like, damn, we're done. Like now we gotta go to the next place. So for me, it was just like getting back in the saddle, getting back in the rhythm of things, you know, you can test and do all that, but it's just a lot different when you line up next to people and you got to race and make decisions. So. But yeah, I could definitely see there was a little bit of intensity between people. Um, just uh, you know, people get mad uh, in the heat race at Cherokee. Little Thuggy and Daryl, they were like giving each other the—they were flipping each other off and like waving fists at each other under caution. They were hitting each other under caution, like two laps into the heat race, and they're on the race viewer like, "Hey guys, cut it out, cut it out!" And I—it's just like, goddamn, dude, it's first day back. Y'all just chill out. You know what I mean? We don't get kicked out of school first day back. So it was a. It was funny. There was some incidents, I guess, all over the place.
0: Berkey of the week. We said racing was back, so we're bringing this segment back. Turbo, you go first. What's your Berkey of the week?
1: Uh, Brandon Overton wins in the South.
0: Is he unstoppable there now?
1: And he's good down there. He always has been, and he just, I think that's the tribute to going out, running outlaws, and, you know, getting your butt kicked for two or three years like he did, and just getting more experience, but that's, that's his little area, and he runs good down there, and I pass off to him. I, I don't like going down there, but that's, you know, I don't want him to win every race down there. So that's why everybody goes, you know, we got to try to get better there. But he's definitely, uh, I mean, he's got his stuff really, really good. And he will be tough. I mean, he's won, shoot, he's probably won more first place money than anybody this year. I think he probably has won more than Sheppy because he won, you know, Screvin and all those races as far as first place money. So he's uh, he's definitely got it going on right now. Um, Did you see his restarts
0: I- at Lancaster, by the way? Oh, my God. Did you watch the highlights after that?
1: Yeah, he won by seven seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, his stuff's good. And that's what I told him. when we left there. I was like, man, I could care less to ever be good at this place. You know, like, I just don't think this is the place that I need to be good at. But he's so good there, it's, like, frustrating because you're like, God damn, I mean, why is he so much better? Like, we got to figure it out. But, yeah, Brandon Overton, Uh, Back to back sweeps. If you really pay attention, when he wins, he wins in like pairs and triplets. Like when he won at Scraven, that was a pair of wins. You know what I mean? Like last year when he went on that little swing, he won like four weeks in a row, like doubled doubled up every weekend. So that's what Brandon Overton does. When he wins, he wins like two or three times, like back to back to back.
0: I think he's one of the most underrated drivers throughout the entire country. He's gotten in the Dirt on Dirt Driver of the Year award. He's got two top fives in the last three years. And it's really not a guy that a lot of people talk about because he's not running the National Series.
1: Yeah, but he can wheel. I mean, he's, he is a wheel man. He's a straight wheel man, and he's just a—he's uh, so simple about it. You know what I mean? He's not an engineer or anything like that, but he understands his race car, and he's pretty smart. And uh, you know, he's—he's he's elbows up, and he'll throw you the chicken wing. And he—he uh, he races really, really hard. So I, uh, hey, hats off to him. I—I—I I, I don't want him to beat him. I don't want him to win when I'm there, but he—he—he's you know, got the capability to win anywhere. So. He's a uh, he's definitely one of the one of the best racers out there.
0: In the words of Mike Norris, no doubt about it. My Berkey of the week is driver roll call. You go, you know, before you were born, we had this di- thing called dial up dial up internet. We didn't have our phones, so people were always guessing who's showing up. And this is what four M's having a heyday right now, Turbo, with all these races popping up. Everybody's trying to guess where these drivers are going to go. Is the blue one car? Is he going to go to Florida for speed weeks? Back to speed weeks part two. It's like the old days. Driver roll call is my Berkey of the week because everybody is trying to figure out where and when they're going to race.
1: Yeah, I can see this is weird. I was just talking about this today. I think Big Daddy, he could uh, keep his stuff at the Outlaw races and Shep could take his stuff down to Florida. I mean, it's possible. If there's anyone who has capabilities or something to race Lucas and Outlaws as long as they possibly could, Like I mean, he is leading both series. So I uh, I could definitely see... Hell, Mark might by a plane this week just to make it possible. I mean, he wants to win at all costs, and if he's got to buy a Cessna so he can race Outlaws and Lucas this year, I wouldn't put it past him. So, yeah, that's a uh, it's crazy. And uh, I think yeah, it's going to be like
0: that here the last or the next month at least, when races are just popping up the week of the race of the weekend.
1: Yeah, it is cool though to be able to go online and look. Say, hey, this there's going to be fifty three cars here, and this is them. So that's something you know, normally you don't know unless you're going. You know, you know, you might have your Lucas guys, your Outlaws guys, but. You do see some names on there and like, why is that guy driving all the way down there
0: (laughs) or whatever, you know? Yeah, and then you have like Matt Miller entering this weekend at I-55. He hasn't raced in like three years and all of a sudden he's ready to race after this post-pandemic. So driver roll call is definitely my Berkey of the Week. One guy we may or may not see on these driver roll calls is the guy we're getting ready to interview, Austin Hubbard. And I love when we text back and forth who we're going to interview and you, you said Austin Hubbard right away. Will we see this guy race here in the near future, Turbo?
1: Uh, if Georgetown has a champ show mid year, yes. Or Port Royal has any sort of race, yes. But he's busy hauling chicken feed, mulch, go karting. Last I heard, last I talked to him was like a week ago, and he had went and bought like all kinds of go karts, and he built a track that had more bank than Tazwell, and he was like sending me pictures of the clay and stuff, and then he just went off the grid for seven days. So I, I, I mean, he could bob up and race it. You never know with Austin, so. Um, hopefully he does race soon. I mean, he's a Delaware Destroyer. He's a veteran at 23.
0: He is a veteran at 23. Well, let's just ask him right now. Turbo, here is Austin Hubbard. Joining us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is semi-retired, but no, not really, Austin Hubbard. Austin, how you been, buddy? How's quarantine life? You staying busy?
2: Yeah, I I would love to quarantine. That would be my favorite. Unfortunately, I'm just out there with the sickness. And uh driving trucks around. What about you guys? Good?
1: I mean I'm alive, yeah. I'm hanging in there. I haven't seen you since the wedding. That was the last time I seen right.
2: you. Oh yeah, you're not even supposed to leave your house. That's hard. You know what I mean?
1: It's bad. <laughs> what how Maryland, Del Mar, Del Vegas? I mean, are you shut down? Depends on what state you're in, or is it all just the same, but you're in essential central trucker so it doesn't matter?
2: Well, I mean honestly we're like four hours from New York City, so it's pretty bad. Uh, I mean, it's gotten better around here, but we're not like sweet old North Carolina. We can break the doors open, I guess. I don't know. I'm pretty indifferent. I haven't met anybody with it, but I guess it's happened. and I'm not saying it isn't. So, But I'm out there being dirty every day, and I'm still good, so we'll just keep plugging away, I guess.
0: First question is, will we see Austin Hubbard race in 2020, and when and where? God, it's are you guys covering the Dixieland Steel Block Series? I think we can we can arrange Dixier. that. We can arrange that. Flow Racing okay. w- is willing to shoot any video at this point.
2: There could be like two, three grand on the line. You guys could do a pay-per-view. Oh,
0: no doubt. Are you going to be entering then?
2: I am. I am. I guess uh, when I raced at Virginia Motor Speedway, I raced with Bubba Hubbard. No relation. He was the crew chief and took care of the car and stuff. And uh, he's seen me sitting on the bench, so Bubba called and asked if I would drive for him. So I'm going to play around to Dixie Land at VMS, I guess, when we get a chance. And other than that, I'm staring at uh, my 2016 XR1 body list, really clean, and three blown-up motors, sitting in the shop. <laughs> Turbo,
0: you got anything for him?
1: I mean, I was kind of disappointed you were not East Bay. That's like our routine. Normally we start at East Bay and then I see you at VMS or El or somewhere you don't really expect Lernerville and then we finish it off with the champ show and like this year it's like me and C eight are gonna win the we're gonna win the fun tour points because you're not even racing. Like it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, show
2: points are half of it and I mean I figured I might get the worst and best performance piece out there but I haven't heard any calls, really. It's been quiet.
0: We got to go with famous Speed Weeks moments, Austin Hubbard. The Ricky Bobby moment at Golden Isles. What were you thinking? And that was a pretty iconic video that Michael Rigsby captured that night.
2: Honestly, I was thinking, man, this dirt on dirt thing could be real. They need something to, to launch off of. And I was like, best thing I can do is take my clothes off. Other than that, I don't have a lot of talent. So there they went. You know what I mean? How special was that night,
0: though, winning that race?
2: It was awesome. I mean, we were, we were really good the night before the night before we started like in the 18th or 20th and drove up to the lead and uh, kind of faded with a 10 or 15 to go, you know, we had to put some soft tires on cause we started in the back. He said, it's better to flash in the pan than never cook. So we had a good first night and it, we built some momentum of them off that and You know, once I drew the uh, front row, I knew if I just didn't screw it up, it would be all right. And uh, I really had a good car, and um, I, I, I hit my marks all night. It's not really the funnest time to be leading the whole race, but Tyler will tell you about that. But I knew with that last caution and, you know, seeing Scott behind us that this is a big moment for me if I can capitalize on it. And so we did, thank God.
1: What about, uh? so just tell me about your favorite Speed Weeks tracks. Like, I know you're on Brunswick. I know you're on me and we kid about it, because, like, everywhere that I feel like I run good at, you've already won at. So, like, I mean, out of all those places, obviously East Bay's probably your favorite, but I don't, you've never won there, have
2: you? Uh, Never, never. Francis beat me by, like, uh, a white man, Peter, on my birthday, like, 2015 or 16 um in Tim Logan's car we ran like second or third a couple times but uh you know never got take home the crown there Um, Tyler's I think he won like I don't know eight of nine nights that one year I was there he closed up the fun tour points by Tuesday and it really demoralized the rest of them
0: well speaking of East Bay what about the Scott Blumquist moment that happened 10 years ago that's like Turbo's favorite moment of you. Whose fault was it exactly?
2: I don't know if it was anybody's fault. We were racing hard, and, you know, Scott, like, if you get a little too close, he can get, he can get upset, especially then. So when I – I don't even – what I remember, he felt like I slid him too hard or something, but then he went over there and ran over my nose, and and then I was just like – after it. <laughs> i was pissed at that point so i didn't like going there and crashing but i we wheel slammed and then i guess he kind of lost control of it and that was about the end of it but i've always been you know that's kind of been my peak if we would just heat race for money that'd be great
0: <laughs> and turbo you were a fanboy at that point what did you think of that incident yeah. you were like 10 at the time
1: i, I thought it was awesome i i mean how old were you at that time, like 15, 60? You weren't very old. You couldn't have
2: been. Oh, uh, 2010. You know, I was like 17 or 18. I think I just turned 18. You'd
1: been a veteran for like 10 years at this point. So it was just like, I don't know, It's cool to watch. I loved it. I lo- Austin Hubbard in the 19 car was some of the best racing you could have ever watched because it was a very 100% chance there was going to be either something blowed up, crashed, or very spectacular happen. And like 90% of the time, it's when you're being, like when you're fast or, you know, in contention. Like that night, at, I think the night at Ocala, that was probably like biggest card break. Maybe that in Knoxville. I mean,
2: yeah, that a was lot of great. That was, I was going to say, I really enjoyed, other than East Easter, I really do like Ocala. That's a great track. Yeah, Don won in the mooring car, and he was like a lap down almost at one point. It was definitely a wild race. I was, pissed off after that because they said it was going to be like 40 and I think we ran like 56 so I was thrilled but uh, it was cool. Bub was really good. Josh was really good and we all three had like a nice race because honestly there was no chance of anyone being able to hold a line. It was so rough so like everybody was all over the place and made it a really good race honestly. It just wasn't fun to own any of it or drive.
0: (laughs) What was it like having Hoghead as your crew chief when you were such a young kid? That is a great combo, by the way.
2: Man, Yoda, he's uh he's epic. He 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 he's perfect, honestly, for anybody who needs to toughen up and uh hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it. Rob, there's no shoulder clip with that guy. And uh he's gonna tell you exactly what he thinks. And the nice part about that is when he's done talking to you, you're not wondering, you know exactly what you were supposed to do. Why? And how come you're an idiot? And, uh, that's pretty much what most drivers need to hear after every race. So I had no problems with it. How long was he with you for? Hmm. From 09, just, uh, 09, 10 and 11.
0: Wow. Three years on the road with that guy. guy. (laughs) It probably did seem like a lot longer.
2: (laughs) Yeah. In a good way. I have, a lot of good memories with Robbie. We had a lot of fun racing together. Do you think he was about, Oh go ahead, Turbo.
1: What about uh your short send in Randall crew chief for a while too? Randall was part of the whole deal, yeah. like my current he was your he was the main man for a minute too.
2: Yeah, he was my main burger for a while and uh Randy was he was getting out there, he was a liaison at that point, an entrepreneur if you will. Um he was breaking out on the free market and we were kind of like you know, he was. We were his main guy, but he was helping everybody, and Randall's great. I mean, Randall's a super nice guy. He's smart. He'll work super hard. You know, he's really into racing. Really wants to win and gives it all every week. And that's all you can ask to have a crew guy. We got along good. We definitely had our tiffs. Uh, <laughs> we fought in the parking lot, in Austin, Arkansas, one time. I think it was the last time he helped me, but we've been cool ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever fought Randall T- Turbo? Not like a fist fight. We were just screaming.
0: Hey, I know. Well, I, I mean, I know Turbo and Randall definitely gotten screaming matches. Then
1: no, no mm-hmm. fist fight. I mean, he he asked me a couple times. I've been would him back, but I mean, it's. I mean, I much like Austin. I need a. I need somebody to like keep me in check, or I can get out in left field pretty quick. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's good for me. My dad, he did a really good job from the time I was born to till I finally cut the cut the umbilical cord from home. Uh he made sure that I knew what he thought at all times and any time there was a mistake on my part, he was really good at making sure I remembered that and Randall has basically just picked up the slack. So it's it's nothing new. I'm used to it. Just uh it does wear on you. You're like, I'm not stupid. You know what I mean? But then like three days later you're like, Yeah, you know, I probably was wrong there. Like maybe I was stupid at the time.
2: Moving yeah, on, my dad's the same way. That's probably why we get him ruled.
0: <laughs> Moving on, you've had some bad crashes over the years. Let's go through them and see how much you remember of them. The first one is bending the car when you smash a tire at PPMS. Kovac gave me these, by the way.
2: Oh, oh yeah, he's got. You know, Kovac's got everything, especially in the northeast. He probably has pictures of me in a big block from practice two years ago.
0: Oh, that's when he had a full blown chub. Then.
2: One, yeah. Oh man. I'm telling. You, I would say Pittsburgh was brutal, really brutal. I don't still really don't remember what happened. Like I remember going to that race. I remember waking up in the hospital, but other than that, I don't remember a whole lot. But I do know that like when I hit yeah, the caution came out and I lifted and. Some jack wagon in the back runs right in the back of me under caution, wide open, and under caution you're going 80 miles an hour around there, and it spun me sideways into the U tire, and it was one of them big, big, big tractor tires. So like I guess I hit it hard enough that it compressed against that electric pole, and when it come back out, I remember up to that point, So I guess when I come they come back out, the energy it shot me. Uh, uh, my wife said it shot me up to the lights and I had a couple of people confirm that and come straight down. Um, and I actually cracked my helmet in half on the roll bar, the far roll bar on the halo on the right. And, uh, yeah, that took a while. Uh, I don't, don't think I had any hemorrhaging. I think I've bled a little in the brain, but they uh, told me to, like, sit in the dark for a month, and uh, it was just about as nasty of a, of a concussion as you can get, for sure.
0: What about the wild dome flip that left you with sore nuts, the boys, down low?
2: Well, that one was just like, it felt like it took an hour. I was probably going, like, 55 miles an hour and wrecked for 100 yards, so <laughs> it was just like, it, was, it wasn't as hard, like, like, knock you out, but it was just, like, nine separate impacts and most were on my, on my nuts, so that was a uh, less influence, but, you know, the Master Bell held me in there, and the Rocket front end on it really was pretty tough, so, you know, we held on to it. I would say probably the hardest hit was at West Virginia Motor Speedway, though, good gosh, that one was brutal. We went there without Dale. It was just me and Colby. I don't think, I don't know if Robbie would or not. And we drove into the wrong way and had that tunnel that you couldn't go through. So we had to back out of the tunnel. Colby was driving the truck and he knocked a mirror or, you know, drug a stop sign down the side of the truck. And then we got in there and the car was brand new. And I watched qualifying. We were good in practice. Now watch while qualifying and Brady Smith didn't lift. He was on the pole and I was like three cars after him and I'm like oh, I'm good. I'm not listening." And I went down into three on the, you know, after the first lap, wide open and the, it bottomed out on the right front. The shock broke the shaft and I hit the wall head on and like, you know, I have no idea how fast he can go there, but I'm going to go with 130 into the wall head on and That car was, like, a good two foot shorter. And it was the motor and the car was a pretty bad deal. But that one wasn't too much fun either.
0: Well, about the crash (laughs) at Lernerville that messed up your ankle? That's one I remember the most.
2: Yeah, that one was pretty nasty. That one didn't hurt that bad, like, when we rolled. And, like, I I, I, know I was, like, laying on my roof. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to get out of here. Trying leaking fuel on me. So I crawled out, and then when I went to stand up, my foot just folded, and down I went. And everybody was like, "It Like, "Oh my god!" But I was learning to just that. They they just finally they just put those new. Uh, it was a brand new x one We had it about six hours, and the, the the pedals are steel. They just changed to those steel pedals, and my ankle banged off the side of it and it cut through my tendon that works your freaking ankle and foot, and I didn't even know. So when I got down, and after I fell, I kind of was like, what the heck, and I looked down, and my shoe was full of blood, and I'm like, oh, there's, there's the problem. We had diagnosed it once I fell.
0: Turbo, what's the worst crash you've ever been involved in? I don't think they're as bad as these. No, I've
1: never <laughs> been in – like, I mean, I've flipped twice, obviously, Fairberry. Wait, when you I flipped, flipped in
0: Fairberry?
2: yeah it like when <laughs> it was a while back but I've, lived,
1: I've lived at why not once too brand new car landed on the halo but like knock on wood i'm like one of those guys i've never broke a bone i broke my nose like three times playing baseball fell down once ran into a pole another time but like i've had pretty good luck with not breaking shit i guess so I I mean, I've crashed pretty hard. Like, last year at Burlington, I think I broke two or three of my fingers when I, uh I like, turned sideways. There's a cool picture. I, like, I basically biked and then landed back down. It broke the rack in half and all kinds of shit. Like, pretty sure it broke my thumb and my pointer finger, but, like, I never went to the hospital or nothing, and then just, I kind of just taped it up and rolled with it, and it pops and shit now. But, like, I've never had Austin luck. Every every time, first, I met Austin when he flipped at Lernerville. I parked by him. That was the first time I ever, like, talked to him. And then, like, for the next two and a half years, like, every time I'd see him, he had just broke another bone in his body or he rebroke his other ankle or, like, had a concussion for nine months. Or, like, like I stayed at a shop, like, for three years, you know, throughout the summer when he'd go up there. And it was, like, the one time he was, like, bedridden. Like, I was there, and he was just in his bed playing at video games, like, two broke ankles. So I'm a, I am ai think I have a little bit better luck than he does as far as hurting myself. <laughs>
2: I'm like the RG three out of late models, I guess you could say.
1: Has that potential, but it gets
0: hurt all the time. Had like a, just blows it. Blows had, a, a had a great year and a half, and then just blows it. <laughs> just blows it. It's over. How did you two become such good besties? What was like the first time you guys met and hooked up and became boys?
2: I think I I always, I, I, I can answer. I would say we went to uh, Tyler County. It, like Tyler said, on a whim. Randomly, sort of helped only 100 a couple of years ago, and we, you know, we're parked in the weeds in the back because we're not we're not West Virginia royalty, so we had to go to the back. We're back there with some kid from Texas, and we're rolling our car out, it's me and Chad. So Chad's like, you know, Chad's three years younger than I am. That was my whole team, and Ty was up there like unloading his car basically by himself with somebody. At that time, I don't even think we probably worked on race. So, and we were parked next to each other. We we're like, "Oh, so your team sucks too? This is cool. <laughs> and you're young. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, we can do something. This is that we had common. We had a common basis of, uh, of a race program for sure.
1: Remember, you had this club 69. Yeah, gave me a club 69 sticker that night too to put on my club 29
2: car. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. You, yeah, you had. You had like two new ones, or you had one in the rocket or something in the front. you weren't ready to race yet. I don't know, but yeah you joined the club that night <laughs> <laughs> do, do, uh i got i gotta say one thing though before we, we we're talking about crazy, with with all time crash again. I'm still at at very best I'm still second because that's. Yeah, I've never seen anybody crash any harder than Ron Davies five different times. Like, Ron Davies, which is Shane Clayton's father-in-law, Ron went to, like, some track in Mississippi, had a practice night. I seen him roll it over the fence into the ditch out there. And then he did that one at Lernerville, if you guys remember. And then I seen him do one epic one somewhere else. And all three of them, you're like, yeah, that's... That dude's dead. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> He's gone. We lost the driver tonight. And every time, Ron was good. And Ron's a big guy. He's not a little guy. So, random, random fact, I, I just had to get my Ron Davies in there because he, he did some epic stuff. Pretty pretty impressive. He's still 100% today.
0: You got a question for him, Turbo?
1: No, that's it. I, I mean, I know everything about Austin. I mean, if there's anybody you think that, anything you think the public should want to know, I mean, we were in. He, I was in his wedding in November. Uh, what was it? November, December.
0: Oh, I, I didn't know this. Yeah, how was the November. wedding. Well, how was the festivities, Turbo? From your eyes?
1: Oh, it was. It was awesome. We were on a resort, and we never left. We were there for like five days.
0: Unlimited alcohol it, at the resort? It,
1: yeah, there was. It was unlimited. A, it was a. They had like a little, like a bar pool hall thing every night that we kind of would migrate to um super friendly uh staff that worked there they're all really nice people i just i mean yeah, i had no complaints i played volleyball every day got sunburned and uh that was my first wedding i've ever been in like i've never been i never like i was always too young i guess and didn't really go i was in austin's wedding so like i'll never forget that that was my first wedding i was ever part of
2: wow that's got to be an honor there hubbard yeah it was it was cool that he was able to go and i knew when i invited him like you know, either way, I understand, but you know, if you can be there, we'd love to have you. and it was cool that he was able to come, and he was one of the groomsmen and everything. and I think I, I, for sure we had a blast we had a it was one of the best weeks of my life honestly I feel like you
0: racing full time was way too early. I feel like you should be racing full- time now, Hubbard, because when you did it, there was like it was more older guys. Now we got all these younger kids like Turbo. You would have more fun racing with these guys traveling up and down the road.
2: I would, I would, man. I, I wish I was still out there. I just, I, it, it, you know how it is. It just don't always work out for that. I'm going anywhere, but you know who knows something could change tomorrow. You know what I mean? And I'm back out there, but at this point, I'm not even racing a super late model and. It sucks, but it's cool to live through Tyler and get to watch how well he does and how hard he works. Because I think the the part that people don't understand from the outside looking in is how much it takes to be able to do what those guys do. I mean, if you you know hard worker in the normal world works 60 hours and, and goes home, which is you know a lot, but these guys, I mean. It's, Every hour, every day, and I don't mean like hanging out in the truck in a forfront. I mean you guys are working fourteen to sixteen hours on these cars and rollers and generators and washing every day of their life till they decide they can't do it anymore, and for people that but you know like a Randall or Tyler will be for them to hang in there and uh, you know be in there year in year out is you know super tough and. I don't think everybody's meant for it. I was raised in racing, so I have no problem with it. But uh, Everybody thinks it's a good idea, and it's fun, and it's the perfect world until you go out there and do it, and you're like, damn, this is crazy. This is super tough.
0: I know you'd be hanging out with Turbo if you were on tour now, but who who did you hang out with when you were racing back in the day
2: on the tour? Who would, who was your traveling Man, buddies? Man, Tim McCready. Me and McCready. are, are that was it. That's pretty much it. I don't remember parking with anybody else but Timmy, and we always have fun. Oh. I sure. like listening to Timmy, bitch. It's my favorite. He never yes, complains. No can, you can't, there's no one that whines like McCready. Like, you listen, I can listen to anyone else whine and I'm pissed or think they're annoying, but when Timmy does it, it's hilarious Thing to it all day. So, I wish, I think it, Timmy's he, I had so much fun racing around with him and he was a good time and always good or bad. Whether he was pissed off or happy, you were always having fun with him because he's just hilarious. Last question he's, he's that we do is we ask
0: you to give your driving assessment of Tyler Herb racing. You have to critique him, give him a letter grade because we've had eight or nine guests on here that's improved Tyler Herb's racing ability. We're trying to make him the best driver possible. So what do you see in Tyler Herb and stuff maybe he needs to improve on?
2: Alright. Uh I would say Tyler's car always looks right side dominant. He looks like too far down the right front compared to most in the right rear. He's way far down on the right front and then driving off the right rear which is a problem. So he needs to straighten up. He's all these sideways. But like man he he's got He's got that it factor, you know, that that will, like he'll will himself, he'll win. And in a driver, that's all you can ask for is somebody that gets 20% good, bad, or ugly, you know, no freaking spoiler or everything's perfect, you're going to get the same Tyler. So I kind of felt like that's how I was or hopefully am, that, you know, no matter what, I put it all out there and I don't ever watch a race where I feel like Tyler left anything on the table. Not that he can't learn or can skip, but he's get better like at the time for what he knows and what he's gathered, he's done everything he can to get the output he gets and that, that's all he really wants. So as a driver I think he's great. So, so Quick the right side, and we'll balance it up and put me me. That's
0: what I say. Turbo thoughts, response.
2: That's what I always turn.
1: I mean, that's pretty accurate. I'd say, yeah, I do. I three I was like, God damn, why do I keep bottoming out on the right front? Like, why? Just too hard headed. I know, like you hear it enough, you know you need to change stuff. But it's uh, we've got it changed for Peavy. We'll be, we'll be all right. We will not be bottoming out at Peavy. We'll be, or we'll have a nice balance on the right side.
2: Well, that right front, like, it gets too soft and then all this stuff happens and then you shift all the way to the right rear because it's not working. You don't even know. It. Fix it. Fix it. Make it happen. Yeah. Tell Randy. <laughs> well, Austin,
0: uh, appreciate the time. I know you're busy during all this craziness. I'm glad you're still working and grinding. Hopefully we can see you at the racetrack in here in the near future. And uh, thanks for giving the tips to Turbo. I think we're going to get a big win this weekend.
2: I do too. Thanks for calling a freaking backyard go-kart truck driver.
0: Turbo, do you remember that time that Austin Hubbard went Ricky Bobby and took off all his clothes at Golden Isles, or what was, like, your dirt-on-dirt dirt and involvement by then? Because I have to say that was, like, 2010 or 11. You were a yo- little young pup.
1: I was, like, I was just a fanboy at that point. I actually have the purple Batman shirt that he was wearing under his fire suit when he uh, he crashed Scott at East Bay, and he was, like, 15. He was like, oh, I'm, um. You know, I showed up here and paid my entry fee just like everyone else. And, you know, I just want to be raised with respect. And if, if Scott doesn't want to race me like that, like, his eyes are squinty. He's, like, kind of chubby, ginger, and he's wearing a purple Batman shirt. And I was like, what? He is so burnt. So, like, when I met him and we started talking and hanging out and stuff, I was like, dude, do you still have that shirt? He's like, hell yeah. And he gave it to me as, like, a gift. You know how like, when Jordan gives his jersey away after a game, Austin gave me the Batman shirt that he <laughs> – blasted Scott on his YouTube video, or is it Dirt on Dirt interview?
0: Dirt so, on Dirt.
1: Yeah, that's like a memorabilia piece. I'm going to hang that in my in my man cave, you know, when I get old.
0: Moving on, our Ask Jeeves segment has to do with the race you're racing at this weekend, and it is, what is I-55? Turbo, how many times have you been at I-55? I've got to ask that first.
1: Twice. Outlaw versus Summer National races. It was not last year, but the two years before that.
0: The track is a third mile half-banked oval that features racing on Saturday nights. You probably remember playing that video game on World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. That track was on there.
1: There was a hole in the back straightaway in the game for some reason. I would TKO it all the time. But yeah, it's a. It's like everyone always called it Mini Eldora. Like it, it does. It's just sick. There's wall inside, wall outside, lots of bank, and it's fast. And they have it's like the quality.
0: billboards on the coming out of the on the back stretch, so it does look, have that Eldora feel to it. Guess what, Turbo? The late model track record is a 12.081, and this was in 2007. Guess who it was?
1: Shannon Babb.
0: Billy Moyer.
1: Ah, damn it. Babb had to be close. Babb's fast there. Babb's good, but I could see Big Bill getting around there that quick.
0: Yeah, and I'm kind of excited for I-55 to get this race because last year they were flooded the whole season. They didn't have their season opener, opener until July 13th. Like They had to cancel all the summer national races for... Ray and all the guys down there to have a race to open up with fans. It's going to be the first race with fans. I feel very happy for him because this track needs to get back on the national states for
1: late models. Yeah. uh, I mean, actually they've got three races with, they've got this race this weekend and then next week they got outlaws. So we're going to swing back by and hit it. It's a, I mean, I've been there two times and both times I was like, this place is badass! Like it's, you can race. This is a place where I truly feel like you could start at the tail and win. In a 50-lap race. Obviously, there's a lot of good cars and things like that, but it just stayed racy all night the both times I was there. You could run the very cushion. You could run the very bottom, and then, like, Madden and guys like that who always run the middle or pass in the middle, so it's a, it is an awesome racetrack, and, like, just about like, when you go there, if you've never been there, you just go there, and it's, like, you feel like you're a part of, uh, you know, like, history. Like, the first time you go to Eldora, you're, like, man, this is, this is just crazy. That's how, that's how peevily was to me when I went there. I was like, man, I just can't believe this place and, you know, the the racetrack. And, like, it does have a lot of history and a lot of famous, uh, not really famous people, I guess. But it's just, it's very well known. And, like, you drive by it if you've ever been on I-55. But then if you actually go there, it's like, wow, I've never, you just, it's more than you can imagine. To me, it is anyways.
0: Yeah, and we're going to have fans there, too. So that'll be kind of cool. You get to see some fans, stuff like that. Your boy Parrish is actually going down there.
1: So you can give him a little shout out. Hell yeah Parrish will be there. I figured he would be one of the 700 that bought tickets and I'm kind of curious how that goes with the uh, you know that'll be the first fans going back. I'm I'm curious if they're just like like uh you know if they're just like over the top like crazy wanting to be like in, actually you know, enforce
0: them sitting separated or are they just going to let the 700 sit wherever. That's going to be kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. It's going to be hard to police all that and I'm curious how it all takes place and you know I hope It goes as smooth as possible, and it's a home run for everybody because that's a place that definitely deserves it, and I'm pumped that we get to go there three times.
0: So you've read the news, the Carl Chevrolet 50, the top six challenge would pay $10,000 to a heat race winner willing to start at the tail and rallying to win the 50-lap event. If you attempt it, if you're one of the six guys, if you attempt it, you get $1,000 just on top of that. So my calculation is you would have to finish fifth, or fourth maybe on better to make what money you would start in the back. So I'm asking you, Turbo, if we get if I'm interviewing you right before the feature and I ask you, are you gonna attempt it? Or is it hey, I just want to get my first win of twenty twenty?
1: I mean I'd like to get a win, but shit, you're just you're better off to just go to the back and take the money. It's uh
0: I think only if you're starting the front row and maybe third or fourth and maybe, but if you're starting fifth or sixth and you're kinda maybe like a local or regional driver, then I would think of maybe taking it. But if you're starting on the pole would you, that'd be tough to do, I think.
1: I think what I'd do is I'm—I mean, I'm gonna call out all five if I'm one of the guys that wins going to say, look, don't be a pussy." There's five books <laughs> that want to heat, including myself. Let's go to the back. May the best man win. And if you run second in a heat because you're a sandbagger, then hey, boo to you. You know what I mean? But like, if I—that's what I'm gonna try to do. If, if I'm in that situation, I'm gonna rally the troops and be like, "Look, why don't we all take this guy's money? Because if he was really ready to gamble, he'd just give it to us all. You know what I mean? He'd put that ten thousand make it a hundred or something you know i mean i feel like when it was twenty thousand at tri county because nobody really thought it was possible and i mean i'm gonna be honest with you if i was sitting on the pole like clinton i'd have took my four grand and went to the house because i don't think i could have won from 20th there but you know the money's down a little bit on this deal no 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 like slander towards carl i'm pumped he put more money in the first i'm pumped like i really am i'm happy but you know people gamble on things that they don't think are going to happen You know what I mean? So maybe you'll get up
0: higher. We never know.
1: That's what I mean. So I, uh, you know, I would like somebody to start the tail and win just to be like, pay us, you know what I mean? And it's kind of, this is the thing that's about racing. You know, we all work all week long. We've got payroll. We've got a rig, you know, it costs so much money to go race. And if you're sitting pretty for $7,000, do you take the money or I mean, we're already gambling by going there. There's so much shit that can happen. Or do you gamble again and go to the back for a chance to win? What would it be? 17,000. I mean, it's it's almost like a slap in the face. It'd be like me calling you on Friday and saying, Hey, look, I think if you can do six video casts today, I'll pay you an extra five grand. And you're like, shit, but I don't really think you can do it. That's why I'm putting the money up. You yeah, know I, mean? I just want exactly. to. Exactly. So I think it's funny. Like, it's, it, I mean, it, it's interesting, but I think it's a no brainer. I'm taking a thousand bucks going to the tail, and there's going to be 15 pissed off people by the time I finish wherever <laughs> I need to finish. I mean, I think that's just the. Uh, that, that's just the the nature of it so if uh, you know if you see anybody that goes to the tail get out of their way because they're coming and uh they've got something to prove that's what i think
0: so right now we have shannon babb tyler herb i texted kevin weaver he said he would do it so we got three of the 60 participants said they would go to the back so we're getting there turbo
1: yeah, I think they should just invert the field at that point. Why not?
0: <laughs> Other weekend stuff. Tomorrow at Sonoya, 5K to win. Will anyone be able to stop Ashton Winger? He's like the goat there. Uh, I'm going I, cat yeah. daddy, though.
1: I got cat daddy. You got the cat. Brandon Overton wins tomorrow at Sonoya. I'm telling you, when he wins, he just wins in pairs and keeps winning. and He's so good there. I mean, he's not so good. He is good there, but he's just. His stuff's dialed in right now. He's confident. He's got Little Glenn. That's Glenn Clements Motors, by the way. He's got a brand-new Little Glenn. And, like, whenever he puts Little Glens in anything he drives, he just starts winning. And uh, I think he wins. Ashton will put up a good fight. Um, I might be wrong. I don't know who else would go. Maybe Madden or them guys might swing through there. I don't know. But uh, I think Overton wins. And uh, I think the race will be decided in the last five laps tomorrow.
0: Well, Turbo, you're racing again. I'll get to see you this weekend. We can actually air hug finally for the first time in the same location instead of doing these interviews or FaceTime or something like that. I'm very pumped. I-55 is one of my top five favorite tracks. I know you're looking forward to it, and we're ready to get the season started. Even though there's not going to be maybe fans at some of these races, but at least you get to go back to your routine of weekend racing. I can't wait. That's
1: right. I'm pumped. I'll see you all there.